Good morning. It is Kale and Company live for this Monday. Great to have you along with us on WKXL and HTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at NEDelta.com or DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. And joining us on this segment of Kale & Company this Monday morning, the head football coach at the University of New Hampshire and coach of the year in the Colonial Athletic Association, Rick Santos. Rick, good morning to you. Oh, Rick is, Rick is not on the line. Okay. Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> I thought he was. <laughs> I thought he had called in. Well, we're awaiting a call from uh, Rick Santos, head coach at the University of New Hampshire. Unfortunately, the uh, Wildcats season is over as uh, they lost on uh, Saturday in the second round of the FCS uh, football playoffs at uh, Holy Cross. Uh, they're... Uh, Great season has uh, come to an end. Last year, of course, uh, 2021, they finished the year three and eight, and this year they reversed that uh, with a record of eight and three during the regular season and a trip to the FCS playoffs. They won their first game of the playoffs against Fordham and then lost on Saturday on the road to uh, Holy Cross. But all in all, a, a terrific season for the University of New Hampshire football Wildcats and looking forward to 2023 as a lot of the key components from the 2022 squad will be returning to action in Durham next season. So looking forward to that. A little bit later on, we'll be talking with Tanya Frost. Tanya with the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central New Hampshire, their 49th annual TV auction is going to be on Saturday of uh, this coming week. And then we'll check in with uh, John Leahy as well, as we do on Mondays, to get an update on what has taken place uh, over the past week in uh, Hockey East. Well, the uh, Celtics open their six-game road trip on Sunday evening in Brooklyn with a 103-92 win over Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and the Nets. Jalen Brown scored 20 points in the first quarter last night, wound up with a team-high 34. Uh, Durant led the Nets with 31. Celtics now 19-5 and overall, 8-3 and on the road. And uh, they will take on the 12-11 and Toronto Raptors, uh, Raptors tonight in Canada. The 23-0 uh, and Boston Bruins will host the Vegas Golden Knights at uh, TD Garden tonight. Bruins won their 14th consecutive home game on Saturday night with a 5-1 triumph over the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche. It's the longest home winning streak to start a season in NHL history. 14 consecutive wins for the Boston Bruins at home. If you didn't stay up late uh, last night in Sunday night football, Dallas outscored Indianapolis in the fourth quarter 33 to nothing on their way to a 54 to 19 win. Other games of note, Washington and the New York Giants battled to a 20-20 tie. Cincinnati defeated Kansas City 27 to 24. Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot. He'll be out for the rest of the season. 
but the San Francisco 49ers down Miami 33-17. to Tonight, it's 4-8 and eight New Orleans at 5-6 and six Tampa Bay. Have we heard from uh, Rick as yet? We have not heard from Not Rick. heard Sorry from Rick as yet. All right, well. Got busy on a Monday morning. Maybe so. Maybe so. All right. Well, we'll uh, look forward to his call when he does uh, chime in with us here on uh, WKXL, as he has uh, every week during the course uh, of the season. Uh, In baseball news uh, yesterday, uh, former big league slugger Fred McGriff. You remember the crime dog, Fred McGriff? He was selected as the newest member of the Baseball Hall of Fame Sunday with Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling Denied once again. McGriff was a unanimous choice among the 16 members of the inaugural Contemporary Baseball Era Committee, which considered a ballot of eight candidates whose primary contributions to the game took place after 1980. The player needs 75% of the vote to be elected. A 59-year-old McGriff starred for six different clubs during a 19-year career, which ended in 2004. Five-time All-Star, he had 493 home runs and collected 2,493 hits while finishing in the top 10 of the MVP balloting in six different seasons, including each season from 1989 through 1993. McGriff hit 30 or more home runs in a season for five different teams. And those franchises were the Toronto Blue Jays, San Diego Padres, Atlanta Braves, Tampa Bay Rays, and Chicago Cubs. He was a key member of the 1995 Braves team that won the World Series, homering twice in the fall classic against Cleveland. Still, in in part due to a backlog of uh, controversial candidates from the divisive steroid era, McGriff could not get over the hump in 10 appearances on the Baseball Writers Association of America ballot, topping out at 69 votes in his final year of eligibility in 2019. Since then, uh, McGriff became a favored cause among Hall of Fame pundits for his consistent excellence and a track record free of the kind of performance-enhancing steroid-related controversies that plagued other stars from his era. So while McGriff was celebrating the long-awaited honor, much of the chatter in the lead-up to Sunday's announcement revolved around all-time greats on the ballot who have been associated with various controversies, included, and uh, including, I should say, 354-game winner Clemens and the all-time home run leader, uh, Barry Bonds. So uh, you needed at, uh, 12 votes, uh, and Frederick Griff was unanimous. 16 members, all 16 members on the panel uh, voted for him uh, to be uh, inducted into Baseball's Hall of Fame this coming summer. Runner-up was Don Mattingly with uh, eight votes, seven votes for Kurt Schilling, six votes for Dale Murphy, Less than four votes, Albert Bell, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Rafael Palmero. This year's Contemporary Era panel was comprised of Hall of Fame members Greg Maddox, Jack Morris, Ryan Sandberg, Lee Smith, Frank Thomas, and Alan Trammell. 
Some major league executives also uh, on the panel as well. And uh, I guess Dale Murphy was supposed to be uh, one of the voters, but uh, he could not make it to the uh, final vote. So uh, Murphy was not part uh, of the uh, balloting procedure. So that's it. So the next time that uh, contemporary era players can be considered is 2025 for possible inclusion in the 2026 induction ceremonies. But Fred McGriff, the crime dog, will be a member of Baseball's Hall of Fame come July of 2023. Of course, the big story politically over the weekend in New Hampshire was the possible end after over 100 years of New Hampshire having the first in-the-nation primary. As members of the Democratic National Committee have uh, voted to make uh, South Carolina the number one primary state come the uh, 2024 presidential cycle. So it appears that South Carolina will be number one. And I think uh, Nevada and uh, New Hampshire will be uh, two and three on the list. But we'll see. It's not final yet. Stranger things have happened, folks. Perhaps we'll get a reversal of that. But we'll find out more as uh, the week ensues, I'm sure. And uh, hopefully talk with some uh, experts who know a lot more about it than I do. But it does appear right now that New Hampshire will no longer be the first in the nation primary state, which is uh, bad news for the entire state of uh, New Hampshire. We will take a break. Kale and Company will continue after these messages on WKXL 103.9 FM in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester. And don't forget, streaming around the world, around the clock on nhtalkradio.com. We will be right back. KXL, nhtalkradio.com for this Monday morning. Great to have you along with us. And we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. You can learn more and find your plan at nedelta.com or nedeltacoversme.com. Do we have uh, Tanya with us? Tanya Frost? We do not have Tanya. No Tanya. We, you know, we're striking out today. today. I checked the phone and there well, is a dial tone. There is a dial tone. All right. Well, that's that's refreshing, Janice. <laughs> that we do have a dial tone on the phone. I assume she'll be here but, momentarily. That but, is the phone ringing. But no Tanya. Uh, but she will be uh, joining us momentarily from the uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of Central New Hampshire. Big event for them coming up later on this week. In fact, uh, uh, they have their 49th annual TV auction 
which is going to be uh, getting underway with online bidding later this week. And with any luck, we have uh, Tanya on the line right now, do we? Tanya? Come in if you can hear me. All right. I guess she can't. Well, I will tell you that the uh, 49th annual TV auction to benefit the Boys and Girls Clubs of uh, Central New Hampshire will be uh, taking place starting on Thursday with online bidding at uh, noontime, as a matter of fact. You'll be able to uh, start making your bids at noontime on Thursday on all of the uh, great items that are up for bids in this year's edition of the uh, TV auction. And the website to bid is bid, B-I-D, the number four, bid4kids.org. B-I-D, four, the number four, kids.org. Not sure if Tanya is with us now. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning, Ken. How are you? I am doing well. Nice to hear your voice. Great to hear yours. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. And, uh, well, I, I gave the folks a little information, but uh, you can give them a whole lot more. Talk about the the auction and the online bidding that will be starting on uh, Thursday at noontime. Thursday at noon, and you can. we have hundreds of items, uh, anywhere from kids' toys to golf packages to restaurant gift cards. Uh, but we're also, excuse me, back live on Saturday the 10th, um, airing on Conquer TV. And we'll be auctioning off items there as well that you can only uh, win if you tune in um, during the hours of 4 to 8. And they'll also be streaming on their YouTube channel as well. So we'll have some live entertainment, some local dance groups, um, and uh, some singing. And, again, uh, live auction items. So we're really thrilled to have that aspect, a little bit of the tradition back this year. Yeah, absolutely so. And uh, where can you watch the uh, the TV auction? Uh, Conquer TV. Their channels are channels 6, 17, and 22. But, again, also streaming on their YouTube channel, which we'll have embedded on the a website as well, so you can tune in from anywhere, which is great. That is so true. People uh, all over the world can tune in to the 49th Annual TV Auction for the benefit of the uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of uh, Central New Hampshire, the 49th uh, Annual TV Auction. And uh, again, as uh, Tanya pointed out, on uh, Concord TV's 6, 7, and 22, those channels on uh, Concord TV, and, of course, the uh, YouTube page streaming on the uh, Conquer TV YouTube page as well. So you can uh, watch it wherever you might be or tell friends that uh, they can see it as well and, and make their bids from uh, wherever they might be, whether it be in the state of New Hampshire, out of state, maybe even out of the country. Uh, who knows? So can you give us an idea now? And there will be some items up for bids on the TV auction only. Is that correct? So the online portion has the you know hundreds of items, but the TV right. portion correct only. There will be every hour. We'll have a, a segment. We'll be auctioning live some um, fun items, a whole variety of items, and um, and again, yes, you have to call in uh, during the hours of four to eight on Saturday in order to win those items. And one hundred percent of all the auction proceeds help uh, local kids by uh, supporting early childhood education and uh, youth development programs at the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central New Hampshire. 
That's correct, yes. Yeah. So that is 100% of everything, of all, all the proceeds... Uh, will go and and you have uh, so many programs and and how many how many different locations do you have now every time I talk to somebody from your organization you, you've added one or two I think Tanya yes uh, you're not lying there Ken we are at 27 right now um, and continuously growing every time we turn around uh, Chris has a new adventure for us so we're we're just uh, trying to help out as many communities as we can Chris Eman keeps you hopping doesn't he And John Clay and all the other great people at uh, the Boys and Girls Clubs of of Central New Hampshire, 49 television auctions. And, uh, of course, there was a little hiatus there uh, on TV as far as uh, the time when uh, COVID was with us. But now back on track for a a bigger and better auction. What are the auction hours on uh, Saturday, the TV hours? On Saturday is from 4 to 8 p.m. And we do have one other great thing that we have is uh, Constantly Pizza has donated a 75-inch TV that we will be auctioning off. Um, I mean, sorry, not auctioning. We'll be raffling. So there's a limited ticket. Uh, They are $20 a ticket, and you can uh, get that online. And um, at about quarter of eight on Saturday, we'll be pulling that winner. Um, So uh, that's a really fun item to have 70, to 75 inch tv <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> Jeez, I'd, I'd, I'd have to build an addition <laughs> to be able to fit that. But 75 inches, and uh, thanks to uh, Constantly Pizza, that is, uh, that is great. And uh, so those uh, will those raffle tickets be available online uh, starting Thursday? Uh, those will be starting Thursday, correct. It's the number one thing when you pop on there um, that you can purchase. And, again, they are limited tickets, so don't wait. So. <laughs> Yeah. So, so can you give us a hint as to uh, what some of the other items may be? You, you know, you talked about the gift cards, golf, that sort of thing. Any other uh, items that uh, you can mention? Absolutely. We have um, a signed um, football by Hunter Henry from the Patriots. We've got some kids' toys um, from cuddly items to actual games and toys. We've got household items, gift baskets filled with amazing things anywhere from a like a build a snowman kit with games and family fun to you know a wine basket or an italian food basket or a charcuterie board basket i mean they're just like when i say hundreds of items ken it's we have hundreds of items we are really uh, humbled by you know the people who donate to this this great event and yet like you said 40 nine years, which is just crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, it is. So so give us the, the procedure when you log in uh, at uh, noontime on Thursday at bid, the number four, kids.org. Uh, what do you have to do? Do you have to register in order to bid? You do, yep. So you would enter in your information, uh, including your credit card information. And the one fun part about this platform that we're using now is when you get outbid by someone, a, it shows you who, so, you know, you can have some fun bidding wars with your friends. But also, if you enter your cell number or even your email, you can register either way. Um, it will alert you when you've been outbid, so you can go back. You don't have to fully monitor, um, you know, throughout the day. It'll let you know when someone outbids you. Well, there, there you go. So uh, bid, register, bid, and bid often. And uh, yes. so, some great gifts. In fact... It's, it's really a, a great way to do your Christmas shopping. 
absolutely. I mean, for friends, family, coworkers, again, so many fun items on there and a great variety, too. So You don't even have to leave your house to do all of your Christmas shopping. Uh <laughs> Although you, you, you have to pick up the items at the uh, Boys and Girls Clubs, uh, the uh, Bradley Street location uh, in Concord. So how is the pickup procedure going to take place? Sure. So um, you just need to show up between the hours of 10 and noon on Sunday, uh, this coming Sunday. And we'll be there. If you have your receipt, great. But if not, we'll have a copy of it. Um, we prefer you have your ID, but you just swing in, grab your items, and off you go. Simple as that. And, uh, again, the hours at, uh, at the Boys and Girls Club in, in Concord? Yep, from 10 a.m. to noon. 10 to noon Sunday. to pick up all the items that you have bid on and uh, have been able to uh, capture through this uh, great event on, uh, on local uh, access TV, Concord TV, Channel 6, 17, and 22, and also on the Concord TV YouTube page. So you can watch it anywhere. Even if you're going out of state uh, this weekend, uh, you can watch it there. Or don't forget to start your bidding on Thursday at noontime. And you'll be able to bid Thursday uh, at noontime until when on online, Tanya? Uh, Until 8 p.m. on Saturday. All right. And the auction on TV itself is uh, 4 to 8 on uh, Saturday. Tanya, Tanya, thank you so much. We appreciate it, and uh, have fun this weekend. Thank you, Ken. I really appreciate you having me on. No problem. Tanya Frost of the Boys and Girls Clubs of Central New Hampshire. What a great job they do. 27 locations in a relatively uh, small area encompassing uh, Central New Hampshire. They do a terrific job all year round, so help support uh, their great efforts. We'll take a break. Kale and Company live for a Monday. We'll continue after these words on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com. So stay with us. WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, of course located at 103.9 in the Capital Region, 101.9 FM in Manchester, and streaming around the world and around the clock on nhtalkradio.com. And we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Northeast Delta Dental has individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle you can learn more and find your plan at anydelta.com or deltadentalcoversme.com. Well, as we were mentioning earlier in the program, the Rules and Bylaws Committee of the Democratic National Committee has voted to strip New Hampshire of its first-in-the-nation presidential primary spot. Under the plan, South Carolina will be the first state to vote, but New Hampshire officials who were at the meeting said that no matter what, the Granite State will continue to vote first in the nation. Now, the new calendar would have New Hampshire and Nevada vote on the same day after South Carolina's primary. Iowa would be tossed from the early states entirely. The Iowa caucuses have been going on for many, many years, but apparently they will be out of the picture 
when the 2024 primary cycle rolls around. The committee's vote is the first step in setting a new presidential primary calendar. The vast majority of the committee spoke out in favor of the plan in order to, to, you know, make South Carolina number one and uh, abandon party support for New Hampshire's first-in-the-nation primary. New Hampshire Democrats are standing firm behind the state law that says the Granite State will go first. New Hampshire does have a statute, and we do have a law, and we will not be breaking our law, and that's according to DNC committee woman Joanne Dowdle. The committee set up a near-impossible task for New Hampshire Democrats, asking them to get signed letters from Republican Governor Chris Sununu and legislative Republicans committing to repeal that primary law. You know that Governor Sununu and legislative Republicans will not be repealing that primary law, which states New Hampshire will be first in the nation. We'll see how that plays out. And uh, later this week, we'll uh, chat with Neil Levesque, the executive director of the uh, New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College, and get his take on what is going on in Washington with a DNC stripping New Hampshire of its first in the nation presidential primary. Of course, Joe Biden was the driving force behind all of this. And where did he come in in our last New Hampshire presidential primary? He came in fifth in the New Hampshire primary, if you had forgotten. So he's, he's no big fan of ours here in the Granite State. His campaign was resurrected where? In South Carolina, which will now be, as it stands right now, the first in the nation primary state. So a slap in the face to what we have done here in the Granite State for well over 100 years. But I don't think it's over. I still have a feeling it is not over. And something could be done to salvage it. I don't know. But it's just a feeling that I get that maybe, maybe this can be salvaged in some form or another. Well, Raphael Warnock is the first uh, black U.S. senator from Georgia, having uh, broken the color barrier for uh, one of the uh, original 13 states with a special election victory in January of uh, 2021. And now he hopes to add another distinction by winning a full six-year term in tomorrow's runoff. Standing in the way, another black man, Republican challenger Herschel Walker. Uh, Both men have common upbringings in the Deep South in the wake of the Civil Rights Movement and would make history as the first black person elected from Georgia to a full six-year Senate term. Yet... Warnock and Walker have cut different paths and offer clearly opposing visions for the country, including on race and racism. 
Black voters say the choice is stark. Warnock, the senior minister of Martin Luther King's Atlanta church, echoes tradition, liberal notions of the black experience. And Walker, a University of Georgia football icon, speaks the language of white cultural conservatism and, in fact, mocks Warnock's interpretations of King, among other matters. So we shall see. It's going to be interesting because uh, neither Warnock nor Walker were able to get 50% of the vote in Georgia on Election Day. And as a result, according to Georgia state law, if uh, neither candidate receives 50% or more of the vote, there will be a runoff, and that runoff will be tomorrow. Right now, Democrats have the edge in the Senate at 50 to 49. If Warnock wins, it'll be 51 to 49. If Walker wins, it'll be a 50-50 split as it was prior to the midterm elections, which uh, took place last month. So right now, 50 to 49, the Democrats have the edge. If Herschel wins, it'll be 50-50, of course, still with the deciding vote on uh, any tied legislation going to Vice President uh, Kamala Harris. Well, you can hear that music, folks, as uh, we head toward a break. It's Kale & Company Live. Here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And coming up after the break, we'll get an update on what took place this past week in Hockey East with our good friend John Lee. Right here, Kale and Company Live, WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We shall return right after these words. And good morning. I hope all is well up there in New Hampshire. All, all is well. All is well, John. And uh, it's a little cool and uh, cold and crisp and frost on the windows. But, you know, it's December in New Hampshire, so we're all doing great. And uh, I, I want to wish you a, a belated happy anniversary. Last week we wished you a happy birthday. Now it's happy anniversary. Yeah, thanks, Ken. I appreciate it. <laughs> we had a wonderful uh, dinner last night to uh, celebrate number 23 and... Uh, I'm thankful for another year. Absolutely. John Leahy is with us, longtime voice of Merrimack College Hockey and our Hockey East Insider. And uh, let's talk about uh, Merrimack. They had a uh, two-game series this past week with first-place UConn in men's Hockey East action. Yeah, we were very excited uh, for those two games, Ken, because UConn has been at the top of the standings. Uh, pretty much for the whole run. But uh, they played Tuesday night in North Andover. Uh, UConn played a solid road game and came away with a 3-1 to win. But uh, Merrimack was able to even the score Friday night down in Hartford. Uh, they scored seven goals and uh, beat UConn 7-3. to uh, There was a, a situation in the game where uh, there was a play along the boards and, and uh, the UConn fans were howling for uh, uh, penalties uh, to be called. And I, I think there could have been penalties called in that situation, but uh, the refs did not call it. And then uh, later on, UConn, uh, later on in the period, the same thing happened, and uh, UConn was whistled for penalties. So Merrimack was able to take advantage, and uh, 
they scored a big victory on the road. That was UConn's first loss on home ice this year. So uh, an important bounce-back win for the Warriors on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. Big game for them. Big victory of, uh, you know, uh, you know, great importance because uh, UConn right now is, is still number one in the Hockey East standings. Yeah, they sure are. And uh, the race is tightening a little bit. Uh, Providence is right on their doorstep. They're only three points behind. And, uh, Northeastern has 22, Merrimack with 21, and uh, Boston University uh, with 20 points. So, uh, Ken, you've had you've got five teams uh, on the men's side with 20 or more points, and uh, it, it's going to be great in the second half because these teams are going to play against each other. It's going to be a war every night. Oh, there's, there's no doubt about that, as it usually is uh, under any circumstances uh, in Hockey East. Unfortunately, uh, the UNH Wildcats still in search of their first Hockey East victory as they uh, dropped a pair of games over the weekend to uh, uh, one of the top-ranked teams in the country, Boston University. Yeah, they played uh, Friday night at the Whittemore Center, and uh, I caught a little bit of that game. Uh, UNH was pretty competitive, but, uh, you know, they scored three goals, which, uh, you know, is as many as they've scored in quite a while, but uh, BU uh, was able to uh, pick up the road win, and then they went down to Aganis Arena in Boston on Saturday, and the Wildcats could not score. They lost 3 nothing. So I was talking with the UNH radio folks, uh, Mike Murphy and Pete Webster, and I mentioned to them that we're all rooting for this UNH situation to turn around. Uh, still a lot of hockey left. The Wildcats have a non-league opponent coming up in Arizona State, so uh, maybe that'll be uh, a chance for the Wildcats to kind of get some momentum with a couple of non-league games, but, uh, you know, it's no fun losing, and uh, I know uh, UNH is a good team, so uh, I have uh, all the faith in the world they're going to start turning things around. You know, speaking of Arizona State, uh, John, and uh, it'll be UNH's uh, next foe, there had been some talk uh, a couple of years back anyway that Arizona State at one point could be joining Hockey East. Has there been any talk about that recently? Well, I talked to Dave Starman about that. I had him on the podcast. I asked him, you know, if Hockey East were to add a 12th team, what would make uh, the best fit? And he seemed to think Arizona State would be a good uh, fit competitively. Uh, obviously, geographically, it, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But uh, I also know, Ken, that Hockey East is happy right now with 11 teams. Um I don't think they're going to add a 12th team for the sake of adding a 12th team. I think it would have to be a good fit. But, uh, you know, who knows where that discussion will go. I have heard uh, speculation about it, but I also know that UNH seems to be, uh, excuse me, Hockey East seems to be uh, pretty happy with the, where they're at right now. Yeah, with uh, with 11 teams. So, uh, you know, they've, they've existed with it now for a while. So uh, I guess adding another one is not, necessarily on the horizon so uh, we shall find out if it uh, if it makes sense they'll add it if not they'll stick with 11 right yeah absolutely yeah. um you know the, the playoff system that they have works well the top five teams uh, get a bye and then you have uh, three first round games you know six versus 11 seven versus 10 and eight versus nine and uh, you know, maybe maybe the only wrinkle in that system is that it's always going to be four against five in that first round. But uh, they've had success with it. So again, Ken, I don't think they're going to add a 12 team for the sake of adding a 12 team. It would have to be uh, a perfect fit. But uh, they can leave well enough alone and be fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. John Leahy with us, voice of the uh, Merrimack College Warriors. 
in Hockey East, both men's and women's team, John uh, teams. John is the uh, voice on uh, ESPN+. Plus. You can hear him for all the Merrimack home games. What else happened this past week in uh, men's Hockey East action? Well, Ken, uh, this week, um, Merrimack and UConn, I mentioned, uh, played uh, a, a split with, with each team winning one. Uh, Providence with a, a couple of ties. Providence and Boston College played back-to-back ties. They went to a shootout each night, and each team won one. Providence won Friday at BC in the shootout, and then uh, BC on Saturday night in Providence. Uh, Northeastern lost a non-league game against Union, uh, but the Huskies still firmly uh, in third place. Well, I shouldn't say firmly. They're only one point ahead, but uh, Northeastern has played uh, some good hockey uh, so far this year. BU, we mentioned with the sweep over UNH, UMass Lowell and UMass went into a shootout on Saturday night at the Mullen Center, which was won by the Riverhawks. It was a busy week for Boston College. They had a non-league win over Brown and then the two ties with Providence. And we talked about UMass losing Maine, uh, swept Vermont also this weekend. Black Bears went up to Burlington, Vermont, and won a couple of games. So Maine's starting to turn things around. I talked with their play-by-play guy, John Shields, and he mentions that the uh, Black Bears are playing better. And uh, they have a non-league game at home against Canisius up in Orono this weekend. So the Black Bears hoping to go into the holiday break uh, on a winning streak. And uh, UVM will try to bounce back with a non-league game against Dartmouth. And on the women's side of Hockey East, uh, a split in Durham this weekend for UNH and uh, UConn. And I I see, John, that the uh, Northeastern juggernaut continued uh, its winning ways. Yeah, Northeastern, uh, they're a tough team to derail, uh, that's for sure. Uh, You know, Northeastern just continues to play strong hockey. They beat a very good Vermont team this weekend, which... uh, is in third place. The Catamounts have had a terrific start to the year, but uh, Northeastern was not deterred. Uh, they won a couple of games this weekend. A nice weekend for the Providence Friars as they swept Merrimack uh, this weekend. Boston College, uh, they had all they can handle with last place Holy Cross. They had a split, uh, excuse me, a sweep for the Eagles, and uh, those two games did not come easy. The Eagles had to go to overtime in Worcester on Friday, and then uh, they defeated them on the back end on uh, Saturday. And a uh, terrific weekend for Maine as well, as uh, they picked up a sweep this weekend. And uh, UConn with a split, BU, uh, BU and Maine played head-to-head, and the Black Bears won them both in Boston. And, of course, UNH with the split, and uh, Merrimack and uh, Holy Cross uh, both losing both of their games. The women are starting to wind down, uh, Ken. There are some games this week, but uh, there are a total of five teams that are done now for the first semester on the women's side. Northeastern, BC, Maine, Yukon, and UNH are uh, all done until the second semester. And uh, so we're winding down with the women, and uh, it's that time of year again when you take that first semester break and enjoy the holidays. Yep, absolutely. What's coming up uh, on the men's slate this weekend? Well, all the men are in action this weekend, but uh, they'll be winding down soon as well. Yukon uh, and BU, that's a huge game this week. Uh, that's probably the premier game of the week. Uh, Providence has just the one game there at home against Merrimack on Saturday. Northeastern will play a non-league game at Sacred Heart. Uh, two big non, uh, two big games for Merrimack this week. Uh, they're at UMass on Wednesday night, and then at Providence on uh, Saturday. Uh, BU and BC will meet for the first time uh, this season at uh, Chestnut Hill this weekend. Uh, UMass Lowell goes out to Dartmouth. Um, you have Canisius, I mentioned, there at Maine, Vermont, with the 
non-league game at Dartmouth, and you've got uh, UNH playing a pair of games against the Arizona State Sun Devils at the Whittemore Center. So uh, there you go, UNH in a couple of uh, non-conference games against Arizona State at the uh, at the Wit, uh, Friday at seven and Saturday afternoon at four o'clock, and and uh, hopefully. Uh, the Wildcats will be able to get back on the winning track. I mean, John, I remember they, they started the season on the road in upstate New York with a couple of victories, and, and things were looking good, but uh, they haven't won since that time. Yeah, they actually had one other win, Ken. They beat Army at home. Oh, that's right. In, uh, yep, yep. They beat Army in uh, late October on the 21st, but since then, uh, it's been a tough go of it for the Wildcats, but you know maybe this uh, non-league weekend will be beneficial for the Wildcats. You, you know, get away from hockey's play for a weekend, and you know try to uh, make some adjustments against the non-league foe. Arizona State, if I remember correctly, is they're right around that 500 mark. So uh, the Sun Devils have a long uh, trip to come here to Durham. So um, you know that factors into it as well. But uh, you know we'll see what happens with with the Wildcats this weekend, and I, I certainly wish them well. I always root for Hockey East and, uh, when they play in non-league play. So um, hopefully UNH can string together a couple of games, and they will go into the uh, first semester break after that. But um, you know we're all hoping that uh, that UNH can can get things uh, squared away. The good thing is, John Leahy, that there is still. Plenty of hockey East action left before tournament time. So yeah, yeah, we haven't even scratched the uh, tip of the iceberg here yet. There's going to be some marquee games in the second half of the season, and Ken, as as we notice every single year in hockey East, it's a battle, and uh, it's going to go right down to the wire. And uh, you know, anybody can beat anybody on any on any given night. I've seen it, and uh, we're going to have a tremendous second half. So I hope folks will really get into it and stay tuned. Absolutely. And uh, John, uh, just a little plug for you. You have uh, your uh, podcast up and you have a great one uh, this week that you recorded with uh, our good mutual friend, Nicole Knox Murphy. Yeah, Nicole was terrific. She was um, wonderful. She invited me into her home and and I pitched the idea to her and uh, I wanted to encourage her to play all of her or a lot of her originals and she was very excited and and animated about it and uh you know it was wonderful i just sat back and let her do her thing and it came out terrific and and, and i really encourage people to tune in she did a great job and people can access it where john uh just go to any place you listen to podcasts i'm on the two big ones apple and spotify and just type in airing it out files from Leahy's broadcast booth and you can if you subscribe ken you'll you'll automatically get new episodes you'll get a notification whenever a new episode goes up outstanding john Leahy, as always thanks so much and uh, we'll uh, chat with you uh, one week from today ken thanks so much for having me on i appreciate it have a great week and you as well john Thank you. John Leahy, voice of Merrimack College Hockey, and uh, that'll do it for this edition of Kale and Company, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. You can check them out at deltadentalcoversme.com. If you missed any part of this program, want to hear it again, you can do so just after 7 o'clock tonight here on WKXL and nhtalkradio.com.